you were looking for career advice from a career coach and he had led teams that have placed over 6,000 pros in 21 industries, worked at the largest Fortune 500 recruitment firm in the world, was responsible for over $50 million of placements of executives, and was one of the top recruiters recognized nationally while serving in the United States Army, you'd probably say he's qualified. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. Career competition is fierce. If you're a director, a VP, or an executive, this podcast is for you. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast. And this is your host, Tim Madden. Career coach and he. All right, there we go. Having some technical problems. Sorry about that. So, hey, everyone, welcome to the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast with your host, Tim Madden. And hey, if you don't know me, I help those targeting six figures and multiple six figures, right? Help them find the job they love quickly. So if that's you, I'm so glad you listened to this podcast today. Hey, we go live everywhere on the internet each week, especially inside the Executive Career Network, which is the fastest growing career network on Facebook. Check us out. We're at 7,200 members of directors, VPs, and executives who talk about career stuff every single day. So if you're watching in the ECN right now, say hi below. We also stream to LinkedIn. If you're watching on LinkedIn or YouTube, um, be sure to say hi in the chat. If you have any questions, let us know as well. And then after it's all done, hey, we put it up on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, everywhere on the internet. Do me one favor. If you could leave me a review over on iTunes, only if I give you anything valuable on this segment, helps get the message out. And hey, you could have a friend, family member, someone else in a career search. This could be exactly what they need to hear. Um, so if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. Hey, we are off to a tremendous start. It's now January 21st. We've had 25 offers come in in the ECU community this year, 10 last week. So hey, what do we know? Companies are hiring good talent. Before we get started, if you need help in your career, you can go over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. I'll post it um, down below in a little bit, and you could have a free consultation so we can talk about your career, what you're targeting, what you're struggling, and develop a plan so you can succeed. So my one of my most favorite topics to talk about, let's get started. Episode 25, The Power of Networking, with my special guest. Let's bring him on. And then here we go. Blake Hill, how you doing, sir? Doing good, sir. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Excellent. So, hey, introduce yourself to watching across the internet now. Let them know a little bit about you before we get started. All right. Well, my name is Blake Hill. I'm the director of uh, DevOps, Quality Assurance, and Agile Transformation at Accent Care, which is in the healthcare space, um, hospice and home healthcare. And uh, I actually landed uh, the job that I currently have by coming through Tim's program. So, just happens to to be that way. So uh, a year ago, it was a, we were just talking about this. It was a, a year and three days ago that uh, I got this job through ECU. So it felt just like a couple months ago. That's crazy. And the reason guys, I wanted to bl bring Blake on just a pretty inspiring story. We'll go over it in just a sec, but let's get started with some today's topics, right? Power of networking. Blake, I know that we talked about this a lot, you know, why do you think people don't like to network? Uh, I think the main, if we're really honest with ourselves, I think the main reason I can speak from experience, I think the main reason I didn't like uh, networking uh, before going through your program anyway was, you know, there's a fear of rejection. And I think it doesn't matter how confident you are or uh, 
even how experienced you are, that when you network and you reach out, it's uncomfortable. Um, a lot of people have these preconceived notions that they'll come off as being salesy. Um, and you put yourself out there and there's a possibility of getting rejected. And uh, I think that we, uh, you know, as job searchers, we think a little bit too much. And uh, we think that other people might be thinking things about us that they're not even thinking. And so we talk ourselves out of it. We self-sabotage. And uh, so we don't end up taking taking those chances. We don't utilize the network that we actually have and are pretty ignorant of. I know I was. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy how every time we think about the career search, we go into the worst case scenario whatsoever. Right. Like, it's funny. I'll have conversations with people that's on the first call or something. And they're like acting as if they're already going to get an offer. And I'm like, hey, right. you haven't even talked to anyone. Why are you worrying about all this stuff? Right. Absolutely. I think fear of rejection is a huge uh, demotivator. And I think people just talk themselves out of it because they're just really worried. But they've already jumped a worst case scenario. Like the worst case scenario is you don't get a job offer. You don't get considered. That's the worst thing that can happen. But we make up in our minds, you know, a, a whole nother uh, stream of thinking that is so far from what actually would happen that, you know, we just kind of set ourselves up for failure, I think. So, yeah, I think it's important now to mention if you're watching this, right? Look at anyone who is even semi-successful. I assure you to get to that road, right, wherever they're at right now, they had to go through a tremendous amount of rejection. Absolutely. Or it could even be rejection because you went on a lot of other interviews too that just weren't the right fit or whatever. So it's not only about rejection. It could be not a good fit or whatever. But here's the thing. You have to do it to keep moving forward. And I really believe your success in the marketplace is probably going to be directly correlated to the amount of adversity you have to overcome, right? If you want to be a CEO of a company, it's going to be competitive. Yeah, if you absolutely. want to leave IT, it's going to be competitive, you know? Even more so now with the job market being more of a more of a global job market. You know, they're not just hiring people in Dallas anymore that are local to the Dallas market. They're hiring people now because of COVID and, and everything else like that. A lot of companies are now opening up their job search for the first time to be global because you can work from home. So you're competing against a lot more people than you might've been in the past. Crazy you said that because I was on a, uh, a session yesterday where I was listening to a speaker and he says a couple years ago, one out of 60 positions were remote, right? Mm -hmm. But listen to this. Now, one literally a couple years later, one out of seven positions is remote. Wow. I think it's, I, I really do think it's higher than that too. Yeah. But before we move on from this, what I like to tell people if you want to have success in your career is I say, Hey, you got to get your ticket to the success club, right? The only way to get it is to pay the price of being uncomfortable, worrying. Cause that, the, the, the analogy I give is what kind of view do you want? Cause I have a, I have a picture in my office that says the hardest climbs come from the best views. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of joke and say, what kind of view, what kind of view or career do you want? Right. Do you want it where you're at the parking lot? Do you want it on the first little hill? Or do you want it like be on the clouds and looking down and be truly energized? And hey, well, if you want to get to the top of that hill, it's going to take a little bit. You're probably going to get tired. You're going to, you know, um, so yeah. Right. So next question. Hey, why do you think, especially in today's society, right? Why is just networking like vital for not only, you know, for really everything you do in your career? 
So I, I think, you know, if you would have asked me this question a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to actually answer it. Um, you know, the days of actually submitting a resume into an applicant tracking system and getting called by an HR group and actually getting called in for an interview. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time that happened for me or for anyone I know. I don't know mm -hmm. anyone who's actually gotten a job that way in eons, uh, going through Indeed and Monster. I mean, that's all nice. You know, most of the time from my own experience, those are posted out there because they're required to post the job in a public forum for for you know um, HR purposes. You know, a lot of times they're not even they're not even doing anything with those resumes. And I see when my when they post on behalf of me all these job applications that are coming in, I can't even get to all of them. So and some of them I don't even get to. I'm always going for internal referrals first, always if I know someone. And networking, that's that, that's the first group of resumes when I'm looking for, for candidates for me on my teams, that's how I'm filling it. And so really, you know, you've got to be your own best salesperson. Nobody knows you better than you. So you've really got to, it is uncomfortable. You just spoke about that. You, you have to be somewhat uncomfortable um, if you're going to grow, if you're going to chase something you haven't had before. You're not going to get it by doing something you've done before. You, you've really got to put yourself in a, in a different position. And, you know, again, I'm only speaking from experience because I had to challenge myself doing some things as someone who's even an outgoing person um, that made me uncomfortable during my last job search. And but those are things because I did them. You know, I reaped the benefit. I did some things I wouldn't have done previously that made me a little bit uncomfortable but I ended up reaping that, you know, because I was able to, to take that chance and put, put my own thoughts aside. And uh, so you, you just have to networking is just, it's how you're going to get your jobs. And there are so many different ways of doing that, you know, building up your presence on LinkedIn, making posts on LinkedIn are going to bring people to you uh, that you could then reach out to because they like something or they made a comment on your post. I mean, it doesn't always have to be someone you've worked with. Um, mm -hmm. There's a whole big network out there that you don't even realize that you have. And I, you know, when we talk about my experience, I can give that that as an example. But yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll dive into that in a second. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right. A couple points on what you said. Hey, there's nothing wrong with recruiters, agencies. I was one for a long time. But here's what I'll tell you, too. To get a job making two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand right. total compensation. Right. It's probably extremely rare that you're going to hit a job board. And even talk to a recruiter who can probably talk about your level, which especially in tech, you, you, you know, I'm sure you've had experiences where you get to that first recruiter. They could be new. They could only be a year in. They don't know VP, director, senior director, tech, architecture, infrastructure. They don't know all that stuff. So it's even hard. They're put in a difficult position as well because they have to try to vet you and they don't really, you know, come from that background. And the other thing is you're right about being uncomfortable. What I like to tell people is, if, you know, if nothing changes, nothing is going to change. Mm -hmm. So you have to be uncomfortable. But so many people are afraid of talking to strangers. And I always joke and I'm like, strangers have everything you want. Right. Your wife was a stranger. Your husband was a stranger. Your best friend used to be a stranger. Yep. Your vendors that you've built relationships with over the years were strangers. Absolutely. But they think about the one bad occurrence they had when they talked to someone and it completely shuts them out and they give up, you know? Right. Absolutely. So let, let, there's some stuff I want to talk about now Sure. about what it's done for your career. Cause I remember when we were working together, the reason I wanted to bring you on for this segment was I remember after you got hired, you were like, Hey Tim, I got a new title. I make a little more money. It's a cool company. Right. But you were like, 
because of going through this, I built so many relationships with other chief technology officers that may present themselves opportunities in the future when you're ready to move up. But more importantly, just mentors, right? There's a lot of people, successful people love to help other people here and there. Yep. I remember vividly when you said that you were like, if you have all these tech challenges and you're tasked with it and you're having problems, you literally have a pretty big network now that you can reach out to for vendors, for different stuff, if you're hiring people. So now I just want to ask you, what is it doing for your career? So <clears throat> to your point, I because of the following the, the steps that you outlined in, in the program, I was reaching out to people clearly that I did not know. They did not know me. We did not have a mutual acquaintance. Um, and you just said something that I think you just nailed is that Believe it or not, people really want to talk to you and they really do want to help you. Now, that's not every executive out there, but I was shocked about how many people actually responded to me and actually took the time to meet with me. These were C-level executives and I was at a director level, right? So, you know, maybe a level or two below them. But when I reached out to them, they actually took time out of their schedule, even if they didn't have an opening, because it didn't matter if they had an opening. I was just trying to make a contact. And they would take the time and they would talk to me. And um, one guy, one gentleman in particular, I won't call out his name, but you know, big uh, successful banking uh, software company. Um, he just said, you know, I figure if anyone had the guts to reach out to me and seek my input that I needed to spend time with them and invest into that person. So he sends an email to his executive assistant and copies me and says, I want to spend some time with Mr. Hill. Could you please find 45 minutes on my calendar? Yeah. We talk. And at the end of that conversation, uh, he just basically says, I have a big organization, 300 people. You ever see a job opening in my organization? Contact me directly. Let me know. I'll hook you up with the right people. He didn't have a job at the time, but I made a contact. Mm -hmm. And then he said, also, if you have any questions or any concerns or if you want any additional advice on anything, let me know. I've been at this at a long time. I've been at this for a long time. And I've got this built in guy now that I can go to see all the executive who I hadn't known previously, but because I got out of my own way, got out of my own head and followed through with what I, what I should be doing, made a contact. That's just one example. There's some other people at Salesforce, other companies Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, Capital One people that Mm -hmm. I literally did not know before that I now have an actual relationship with. And it's through LinkedIn. And we talk every once in a while, we just kind of stay in touch with each other. Hey, how's the job going? We get together. We, I, one guy in particular, we talk about, we talk shop like maybe once a month. All mm-hmm. these are people that I didn't know before. Yeah. So really been beneficial in that. So when the time comes, if I am going to look for something, I have, uh, in addition to the people I've worked with now, I have people I haven't even worked with to, you know, to reach out to, whereas before it would have just been a, a narrower pitch of people that I only had worked with. So definitely a, mm-hmm. a help. I think we were kind of joking too, is you said while we were chatting beforehand, you were like, if you're on LinkedIn and you're not networking, like why are you on LinkedIn? Right. Right. Exactly. Like there, there, there's probably people on LinkedIn. There's a couple of people watching the stream right now. Like, Hey, why aren't you networking with people that maybe you're not looking for a career move right now? That's the best time to start networking with people. Absolutely. But you know, you did a good job branding yourself. You, you know, we, we optimize your profile because that's important. You want to let people know that you've had a successful career as well. And even a simple message, 
that goes something like, hey, I'm just looking to network and collaborate with other leaders in my industries is something you'd be open to. Yep. People are open to do that. That's why people are on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Not everybody thinks that way, but the vast majority of people I found do think that way. And most mm -hmm. people are more than happy to take some time, meet with you, talk with you. And, uh, and then when they do that, you know, you just pay it forward. So I've had people reach out to me and I could tell they were probably in a job search mode. So I've made sure mm -hmm. to take the time to connect with them because then again, even though I'm, would be a passive looking at that point, you know, I'm actually expanding my own network and talking to people. But if you're on LinkedIn, it is a social networking platform that deals specifically in the job market arena. And if you're not absolutely utilizing your own network, and that's not just meaning connecting with people you know, that's the obvious connection, but it's still not always comfortable reaching out to those people. But you get to know people that know people and you have you find out you have all these common uh, interests, common backgrounds, common schools, uh, common work experiences, and you connect to those people. I mean, it's it's enormous. It's it's absolutely the best way to get a job is networking. And obviously that's the best platform to do it on. So um, absolutely. And vendors and just so many more things, yeah. you know, it just opens the doorways to so many things in your career. And what we were kind of joking about is everyone probably has almost everything they need right now within their own internal network to probably get them another job, but they don't, they're scared. Yep. They don't know how to approach it. They feel desperate. They feel all of these things. And so they never leverage it. Or here's what they do. Hey, Blake, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were just working with someone like two months ago who within a couple, like two months, he was unemployed for six months. We literally just sat down and went through his network. This is going to, no one's probably going to believe this story. He had three offers for a hundred K more than what he made before in like 60 days from people he already knew after being unemployed for six months. Cause here's what happens. They put that thing in their head, right? He can't help me. He can't help me. I'm not going to ask him. I'm not going to do this. I'm like, really? We're not going to ask all of the people that like want to help you. Now, of course, being clear on what you're targeting, knowing how to communicate, all these things are important, but just, you know, doing it the right way. There's probably so much potential with people inside your own network right now, just people are scared or they're just not leveraging it properly. Absolutely. I mean, that's how I got my job is someone from within my own network, you know, and I would have never ever uh, done what I did because somehow we're conditioned that you don't want to be uh, intrusive on someone. You don't want to put somebody in an uncomfortable position. Oh, I don't want to ask them. It, it makes me look like I'm needy or, in, you know, I'm not enough. I'm insufficient, but you know, that's how I got my job was within my own network, which I simply would not have done before. I wouldn't have. You know, the funny thing is, too, I talk to people and I'm like, if you can't ask the people, you know, right. How are we going to start asking the people that you don't know? That's right? Good question. Good question. I, you know, it's funny. It's funny that we think that way. But for some reason we do. And you just have to break that that cycle of thinking. It's not the right way to think, clearly. Last question, right? And then we'll have some closing comments. Sure, sure. Obviously, we, we have all of this stuff going on in the marketplace. And what I mean is we have COVID that's still doing stuff. We have people quitting jobs like, like from last April to September, 27 million people quit their jobs. It's freaking crazy. And now we're trending at nearly 5% a month. I don't even know. That's like so ridiculous. But apparently these are the numbers. Right. How... 
has networking changed throughout the years? I know this is a broad question, but it's 2022, right? How can people network in today's times as opposed, because back in the day, what you do, right? You went to mixers, you went to after events, right. and most of the time you just had a hangover and you had a couple business cards, you, you know? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about networking in 2022. I think you've got to be networking. It has to be in an online fashion if you don't have the ability to hit those, you know, things that you said that were more traditional forms of networking. And that comes from things like you said, like having, you know, your LinkedIn page actually up to date, having it optimized, having, an, uh, you know, a resume that's optimized. Um, I think, you know, making posts and talking about being relevant on LinkedIn responding to posts on LinkedIn to where you're visible, joining communities on LinkedIn and participating in those areas. If you're in QA, you should be involved in some QA discussion groups and you could be uh, prevalent there and, and just, you know, conversing with other people. You don't even have to be looking for a job, just being present. You become, you kind of saturate yourself within that segment that you're, that you're, um, that you're within and then you you're seen often and you become recognized kind of like an expert in that area and people didn't actually reach out to you because you're visible if you're not visible mm -hmm. um it's less likely you know obviously having your settings on linkedin set where mm -hmm. you could be found uh, mm -hmm. more easily i think um but i really think that just i think everything like we said everything within linkedin if you really take the time to understand your membership level and what you have access to and everything i mean you can become very uh, a prevalent uh, there. And, but I think also just making the posts and being involved in other people's posts, having some, uh, and you might just share an article, but you might take the time to actually write something unique and post it. You know, again, you got to get out of your own head and be, oh, well, no one might read it or, oh, someone might leave a negative comment. Self-sabotage. Oh, Self-sabotage. Just do those things. And I remember the first time I, I made a post, I was like, oh, no one's going to look at this, whatever. I was like, I'm going to do it. I didn't really want to do it. I'm, I'm outgoing and I didn't want to do that. And I mm -hmm. did it. And I had some that had like 3000 views and tons. And I was like, wow, wow. You know what hashtags you put on there. So it picks up on what feeds and what I was getting people from companies and places all over the world. And I was just like, wow, this is a lot bigger than what I thought it was a lot bigger. Yeah. I think a lot of the world is big. It's a lot bigger than we think it is a lot bigger. And again, I got my job from my own network because I finally got out of my head when I saw that a high school friend of mine had a common, um, knew the hiring person at a company I was applying at. And the training that I had gone through said, you need to reach out to that person. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to her since high school. I can't possibly reach out to her and ask her about that. So I did. I reach out to her. Three days go by, no response. And I am just sitting there thinking, oh, geez, this is exactly what was going to happen. Of course, she's thinking, I can't believe that guy reached out to me after not talking to me for so long. I'm not going to help him find a job. On the third day, I get a response. So good to hear from you. I'm so glad to talk to you. Absolutely, I'll introduce you. And she sets up an introduction. The guy calls me. We talk. He's in transition between two jobs, but we, he gives me an interview anyway. We talk two hours. He lands at the next company, says, I want to hire you. I don't know what position for, but I, you're the kind of guy I'm looking for. Six months later, uh, not even that long. Three months later, uh, boom, I get a job offer. He, we stay in contact every month. I would have never in a million years reached out to my high school friend. This is someone I went to high school with. I know this person. I know them well. Granted, I'm not in high school anymore. Um, but 
but the response I got after a couple of days of sweating bullets was so, and now her and I are like back in contact. We talk like every other week, uh, helping each other network. I mean, it was all right there in my network. And I guarantee you, I know me, had I not gone through that training, had I not gone out of my own head, I would have never reached out to her. But because I did, now I'm where I wanted to be. So, I mean, it actually works. You just have to, you just have to be, be willing to be uncomfortable. You know, it's kind of like what uh, the eagles do, right? When eagles have babies, they're in the nest. And at some point, the big eagle comes down and says, all right, I'm blowing up the nest. You're going to start to fly on your own. And, and that's what we have to do. We have to get out of the nest. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pushing yourself past your comfort zone is so difficult because here's the thing. Why would anyone want to be uncomfortable, right, guys? Right. No one wants to be uncomfortable, but you have to realize that that's the only way to move forward. Right. It is. And the good news is once you go through that uncomfortable, you become stronger in whatever you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then it just compounds, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like working out. You have to be uncomfortable. If you want to get the results, it's not always comfortable to work out, but you reap the benefits. After I love that analogy. If you run a seven minute mile yeah. and you run a run a six minute mile, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be breathing hard, but Hey, it's the only way to get there. And you're right. Building your own, brand, if you will, on LinkedIn, which even for you, 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 you know, he's in tech, in health tech, right? I would strongly urge him to post about stuff in health tech and challenges and stuff he's dealing with because it's, res who's going to read it? Right. Other people he's connected to in IT and, you know, then it could go. Plus we've had people inside of our program, even a post of mine recently got reshared by LinkedIn India. Pretty weird, right? Wow. But LinkedIn India reshared my post. Then like it went semi-viral, like thousands of comments. But we've had people here. We've had top CEOs of, well, I won't say the companies, but reach out to people because of something they posted on LinkedIn of, this is really interesting. Mm -hmm. We've had people from the Harvard Business Review or other people have shared it or done. It's just, it's crazy. Like if you're not on LinkedIn, you don't have a good brand. You aren't posting content. You're not trying to hook up with people. Guys, what are you doing on LinkedIn? I like to joke and always say this was God's gift to anyone searching for a job right. if it, if utilized properly. Absolutely. Well, Blake, uh, great reconnecting, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, everyone, we're going to wrap up. So I just want to go over some highlights we talked about. So episode 25, Power of Networking, we talked about why people don't like to network, but why it's so important. We talked about what it's done for Blake's career, not only getting him a job, but hooking up with other people in his industry the changes we've seen, you know, coming in 2022, as you will, and how it'll affect networking. And more importantly, if you're on LinkedIn and you're not networking and you're not building your own brand or talking about finance, if you're in finance, we would highly recommend you doing that. As always, if you need help in your career, you can go over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast and um, have a conversation about your career that you've likely never had before. Blake, thanks for coming on and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you.